0: Yo,
1: MTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com.
0: New Phyrexia is coming soon, and StarCityGames.com is your source for boxes, cases, fat packs, intro packs, complete sets, and singles. Head on over to StarCityGames.com and pre-order New Phyrexia today.
1: Welcome to episode 65 of Yo! MTG Taps. This is Big Head Joe, and I'm here with not Joey Pasco, but the man himself, Adam the Stibs Stiborski.
0: I'm like three Joeys put together, and then probably a couple burgers on top, just, just for good measure. Definitely had some
1: burgers yesterday, which were pretty awesome. Uh, there was a little event this weekend, the final regional pre-release. Uh, sad to see them go. There was a tradition for us for you know, for many years. I always run my tournaments on Sundays because mm-hmm. the regional pre-releases are just, you know, they're just where it's at. Like it's a great time to go into a big group and who knows what the heck you're going to come out of it with. You know, I definitely got a lot of good trading done this weekend. So quite happy.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I know from from working with uh, with Laurel and her uh, her regional pre There's there's always a dozen or so DCI signups. Um, you know, it's you know it's just a little different. Like it's a different atmosphere. It's not it's not as big as you know like Star City, Star City Games opens or um, you know Grand Prix or anything like that. But just just the fact that it's you know local, regional, genuinely really happy people. Uh, you know when they're opening the cards and they're seeing all the new stuff Because um, there's a, cause there's a lot of people that'll get the memo that there's a set coming out but they're not up 100% on everything you know all the spoilers and all the previews and everything that's going on with um the set and they get uh, they get really excited when they see some of the things happening
1: not as excited as pokemon players apparently though according to Laurel uh last night the story she was telling that was actually a really cute story uh she was saying that like Um, At the store, they had like three different pre-releases going on. They had a a Magic one, they had a Yu-Gi-Oh one, and they had a Pokemon one. And she said the Magic people came first, they opened their packs, they started getting right down into the the tournament and doing their thing. Um, then the Yu-Gi-Oh! players showed up, the Yu-Gi-Oh! players got all their cards, they started opening their packs, jumped right into a tournament, and then the Pokemon players came finally and opened their packs, and you just hear squeals of excitement that, like, kind of made everyone shut up and, like, look at what was going on, um, which I thought was a really, uh, I just thought it was an awesome story, like, just because, you know, we kind of lose that, I think, as, you know, at least... I do sometimes as a competitive player, although I kind of aggravated my roommate Travis earlier uh, when I went running screaming to him with a card in my hand, and he was like, "Oh, what'd you get?" I'm like, "Check out this goblin token." He was like,
0: "I really thought you got something cooler than that." Yeah, the uh, the face palm like slapped off the wall, like it echoed. I mean, I I, I think it's universal. I mean, any time you. You get a bunch of a bunch of people together that really care, really passionate about what they, you know, the the hobby, the gaming, the entertainment, everything that they're doing, and you give them say, "Hey, look, check this out! Brand new stuff. Nobody has it now. Now you can get it." You know, and I think that the excitement. You know, I, I think um, you know, I think we, you know, we kind of grow out of like the jump up and shout, but I think that you know the fact that some of us still do that, I think, I think there's more of us that are that excited about it on the inside. You know, and I think that um, you know, I I know I still get really excited over you know the, the you know quote unquote you know kind of dumb stuff, but it's amazing. You know, I I really enjoy the things I enjoy, and I'm not afraid to admit that. And I think that um, I think that it, you know, there there are a lot of people out there that really enjoy some of the things, but they're you know they're just not speaking up about it anymore. What are you, what are you a wussy? I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> 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 just kidding. <laughs> So what I was saying was, you know, the pre-release is really the one day where, you know, even the most competitive players can have that moment of excitement and that moment of joy from opening, you know, packs and seeing new cards, you know, maybe for the first time, unless they're, you know, unless a god buckle is spoiled, um, and just getting a chance to, um, you know, to play with the cards, just get their hands on them for the first time uh, before they buckle down and start making their tier one decks for standard and what have you, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think that, um, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely a skill, um, you know, the best players have in, in being able to look at a card on paper and understand how it works and feels and evaluate that in, um, kind of a vacuum. But until you actually sit down and start playing with the cards and, um, you start seeing some of the subtle, uh, subtle interactions and some of the synergies that aren't necessarily evident up front, um, or learning how to play around stuff like spellskite and things like that, that, um, know are kind of unique and and don't function similar. You know as as similar to something that that we're already familiar with. You know I um I know that that uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the more competitive players were were really impressed with some of the interactions and and the things that they were taking away from it. It wasn't quite as simple as they as they may have thought. Right and and you know like some of the simplest interactions I
1: didn't notice until I was just in game. I was like, oh my god, you mean I can just bounce my mall splicer and play him again and get two more golems oh my god i'm like i'm putting these two disperses that are inexplicably in my sideboard in my main deck so i mean i had two of the one that because i originally had like creature bounce in there just as a way to get my dudes through and then like realized oh my god i can use this on my on my splicers too and make more golems Oh, yeah, so doing that. So yep. like I had like five total bounce effects in my deck by the end. It might be why I lost in round four <laughs> uh, because like I started getting too cute, I think, with the with the deck. Um, the deck turned out a lot better than I thought. So, uh, my pre-release, right? Uh, Saturday, I played uh, the <clears throat> one sealed event on Saturday. And, um, I played a blue-green deck that ran two Maul Splicers and a, um, is it Wing Splicer, the flying the one? The
0: one that gets Skulls flying, yeah. Yeah. Your well, home flying.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I had those, which are really neat. Um, I had a Chancellor of the Tangle. <laughs> which uh, I only managed to reveal in a relevant way. I never revealed it if I couldn't play a turn one, two drop, you know. But uh, right. um, I revealed it once and got to play a Perilous Mirror on turn one, which is pretty <laughs> sweet. Seems alright. And then I got to play him later, which I have to say, uh, Chancellor of the Tangle, uh, way cooler when you just put him on the battlefield. It was so good. 6-7 Reach. Uh, what was it? Vigilance Reach, right? Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like some sort of uber spider. Ugh. Nasty. <laughs> um, if Wormcoil Engine didn't have Death Touch, it's all I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> be the ultimate. Um, so I went, I went, did well. I went three, one, I went three, oh, throughout the day and then lost in round four to, uh, Robert Fletcher who plays at amazing spiral where I work sometimes. He whooped on me real good. Uh, but it was a fun day until then. Trading hall was pretty good. Um, I mean, like, just got a bunch of stuff. I'm mean, Like, when I looked at this stuff at the end of the day, I was like, what the hell is all this stuff? <laughs> like, really? This is what I got today? It's so random. <laughs> all right. So we're back. We just took a little break to uh, eat some food, and now we can't remember what the heck we were talking about. So I guess let's move on. Um, <laughs> Adam uh, was gunslinging uh, Saturday at the regional pre-release and Sunday today at our pre-release. Um, I know you've got some cool stories. Uh, I
0: guess let's start off with like what you pulled and you know, the kind of deck you built. Uh, on Saturday I had um kind of a different deck. It was a uh it was kind of like a blue white aggro kind of deck. Yeah. Um, it curved uh curved out with like um Thop- uh Spine Thopter and Porcelain Legionnaire and Canvas skyguard, a bunch of you know, a bunch of flying creatures and kind of went up to um Chancellor of the Annex. Um, I had a Ferexian Jester, um, a Cage of Sun, Cage Sun, and um, a bunch of removal at arrest, two Force warships, um, and some other spells. And so basically, I just ran, um, just ran, locking down the ground and just flying for victory. Um, <clears throat> it seemed flying was pretty strong. Um, I kind of heard as much from from some of the chatter on Twitter and from what, what other people were saying, and it definitely worked out for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I. I- Always felt good when I had a nice flying creature out. I was I was trying so hard to uh, uh, to get the wing splicer down as like a your golems gain flying spell more than like you know what I mean. I, I was dying to make that happen at some point. Like get the mall splicer first and then play the wing splicer. But then I kept getting to a point where I needed to play the wing splicer. You know, to have something to do that turn. Yeah. Rather than sitting there and doing nothing. So like I kept playing it. Um, I was dying just to like get that guy down after two golems were already there. And just be like, Oh yeah, they're above you and you can't do anything and you lose six of your life. Like
0: yeah, I um I also opened a precursor golem. Probably should have remembered that up front. Oh, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, I hear it's okay. It cool. seemed it seemed alright with golems. Yeah, with uh with wing splicer and master splicer. So I I never got to live the dream and swing with like five Four four flying golems, but um, there there were many times uh, there were many times where I just um, you know, just make a bunch of golems and just kind of like overrun, you just keep on throwing. You just go, you just go wing splicer after you have the
1: precursor golem out and then mutagenic growth, <laughs> 15 in the air.
0: That'd be so fun, yeah. The um, <clears throat> the, the thing that I found um, and I, I did all day yesterday and I definitely continue to do today was um it seemed like the set was um a little removal heavy um and so the there seemed to be a lot more of just general answers kind of kind of available and around um but the decks are all uh the decks also seem to to reward kind of trading um i definitely i definitely made aggressive trades and, and kind of kept the board as clear as possible and um it seemed to pay off, especially the uh the, the splicers. Um, cause if you know, like wing splicer, like, yeah, it's it's sweet to have like a three three flying, but if you can trade like like there were so many times where where I would go ahead and block their X one with my wing splicer, and I don't think they were expecting it. I think they thought, you know, they could just get through and um you know, kill their creature and then they'd have to shatter the golem or um I mean I I had people um turn to slag and you know, uh other spells on the golems just because they had to ki- they had to kill it. Like it was just Too many creatures, you know, and you do that enough. I mean, it's like Arc Trail. If you do enough of, you've got to use your two cards for my one, you know, like, it seems to to be okay.
1: Yeah. I was about to say, that must have been painful. You see, you saw a bunch of people turn to slag. I was like, oh, whoo, it's painful. Um, We're comatose right now from uh, Awesome Chinese Food. (laughs) Friend Kitchen represent. There we go. There's a plug for Friend Kitchen. Um, So, uh... I, I this story has to be told because it's my favorite story of the day.
0: Uh tell your batter skull story. Um yeah, so the last game on Saturday, I um I've been playing pretty well, you know, I probably dropped maybe a third of my games. You know, it was okay. You know, I was having fun. Um but the the guy sits down and um I'm getting I'm starting to pack up and you know, it's getting towards uh closing time and um he's like let's battle. I'm like sure, okay. And um turn 5 rolls around, you know, and the game seems pretty normal, nothing seems unusual. Turn 5, you know, plays the 5th land, taps out, batter skull. I'm like, oh, alright, so that's how it's going to be. And, um... <laughs> and through a combination of, um... Uh, for accident... I, uh, I, I managed to get, um, stay alive for, like, another turn or two, and, um... And, Of course, like he eats my dudes, and he like gains back all the life that I just beat out of him so he's like back up to like twenty at this point. He was like like eleven or something and um, he starts casting other equipment in the meanwhile, so it's just gonna get uglier. Well, he has an ogre menial and he moves the batter skull onto that and that's um, that's really bad news because I can block and um, kind of force some awkward blocking and maybe build up build things into a position where I can begin to race him back. But um, Ogre Menial will really put an end to that with the, with the Infect, and I'm just killing my dudes. I can't bounce off, you know. With... So I, so I managed to cast and Ingester and I eat his Ogre Menial. And I have sun out set to blue, so I've got a 4-8 just wall, basically. Because I, I can't attack into the batter spell, I don't want to give him even more life. Um, so I just sit there and um, build up a flying force, and I start to crack in the air from where he's cracking. Then he, then he has some flyers, and, you know, goes back and forth. Um, For another, you know, three or four turns, and then um, Nim Deathmantle shows up. Oh, God. And Nim Deathmantle, if you're not familiar, it it has some other abilities, but the most relevant one is that it gives Intimidate, (laughs) uh, which is awkward when he has creatures that aren't your colors. So, um, like a champ, I dig a little deeper and I get um, Precursor Golem. Nice. And I make some golems and I start um, blocking that way, and and, uh, I recycle Precursor Golem with... um, Uh, Razor Hippogriff or the one that that recirculates (laughs) life I mean I'm pulling every trick I can in the book to to minimize the loss I finally get Arjit Sphinx which sounds great because you could block and then blink him which stops the which 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 stops the damage but more importantly stops the life gain Mm -hmm. Um, I can't do that because of the intimidate but he um, thanks to my two forced warships and and an arrest I can continue to play the forced warship shuffle game and, and he can only attack with like Something on the ground and something that's not worth a lot. And um, it really makes it um, really makes him tie up his mana because he's gotta keep moving it around. because um, with Cage Sun I just have like I've got like sixteen or seventeen mana. It's like commander mana. Like it's absurd. Right. And so finally I get a flying force in the air big enough where I can crack for like sixteen a turn, and he can only gain up to nine. And um, that's that's how the game that's how the game pretty much ended like (laughs) like at no point did i get revoke existence or anything you know the like like that was in my deck and it was buried way down like three cards up from the bottom of course um right where right where i knew it would have to be um but i i fought long and hard and i beat both and it was unreal like i i was just so i was so shocked that i hit i actually played like you know cuz when when it comes down and after like two turns of blocking like things are looking pretty grim and, you know it's like oh it's just a fun game you know okay scoop you know I'll just pack up and leave but i you know, just you know something made me made me think you know what let me let me fight the fight and i think i can do this and 40 minutes later i did it <laughs> stubbornness i guess i don't know like you know i felt bad because i felt really good about like winning like wow i just beat nim death mantle and Batterskull. yeah that shouldn't be possible <laughs> <laughs> There it was you were pretty pumped you were, I
1: may have had a high five I don't remember, I think there may have been a high five involved, well,
0: you checked like three times and it was like you know it was um you know I tweeted on I tweeted on Twitter, you know boss boss mode engaged Mm-mm-mm. you know batter batter you know batter skull <laughs> so funny, and you know it just uh it took a long time, but you kept checking back in and it's like no, I'm still alive, you know I, you know the longer the game went, the more i the more um I really felt that. You know, I could visualize what I wanted to, what I wanted to do, and that was just to keep it, keep the ground locked up, and then build the air force, and it came together. It's awesome. You had your
1: John Nash moment. Yeah. And beautiful mind, and all the like numbers start making sense.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Like like formulas and everything just started spinning around my head, and meanwhile, the opponent across from me looks, you know, must think I'm stoned out of my mind or something, you know, <laughs> just staring off into space, smiling. Kind of, I, I guess also kind of like John Nash. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Um, at least you didn't, uh, start talking to like an imaginary little girl, which, uh, you know, would be kind of strange. Very. Uh, on many levels. Uh, so, uh, moving on, uh, last night, um, after the event, uh, we hung out with, uh, Tim and Lloyd and Mark and, uh, oh, what's Lloyd's friend's name? What was that guy's name that was there with us? Mike? I'm terrible with names. I'm, I am i do not Well, agree. Mike, if you're listening, that's not your name. I apologize, but you're welcome over our house. Anytime. Uh, Tim and, and, uh, and, and Travis was there and we watched the, uh, Manny Pacquiao fight. Yeah. So that, I mean, so that was fun. And then, uh, this morning we, uh, got down here and, uh, and did some stuff, uh, here. Um, the, uh, the uh, the draft's still going on. Actually, uh, there's a there's a side draft going on right now, um, and uh, it's uh, a besieged scars, not Phyrexia, Phyrexia,
0: Phyrexia, like people were doing uh, yesterday. Well, there are also um, there are also group game drafts at the pre release. So oh yeah, I saw that quadruple Phyrexia. new Draft. Phyrexia how does that drafted. work exactly? A group game draft. I've never actually done that before. I, it works like this. Um, as far as I'm aware, it nets out even with the store. Um, you get Four or six guys, and they pay for a draft like they normally would. Um, but instead of having um, additional, as many additional packs as prizes at the end, um, each player drafts a, a fourth pack, and you draft for a um, free, free-for-all multiplayer game. So whether it's four four players or six players, you know everybody drafts their four packs. If it's four players, there's one bonus pack for the last man standing. Six players, there's three packs. You know it's definitely not, you know it's definitely not something you you grind for value. But um, it's a really good way of mixing, you know, the, like play with the new set. You know, get all, get a bunch of new cards. You know, you pay for one draft, but you get to see four packs worth of stuff and get to pick up things. And by the time you're into like halfway through the third and fourth pack, like you probably have plenty, you know, plenty of playables. So you can try and just like pick up extra cards that you like. You know, hmm. it's, it's great. It's like, well, I really want this splicer. You know, I want to start making the golem deck. Well, just pick up a couple. You know, I mean, like it's all right. Yeah, you, know, you can go ahead and you know waste picks. You know, it's not a. You know, it's not an optimization kind of thing. It's more like a you know, this is a, you know, it's a, it's a way to have some some good multiplayer fun without um, everybody having to build decks, uh, build their own decks ahead of time or anything. And everybody gets part of the new cards, the new set. It's um, you know, it's something Laurel lets, um, lets us do. It's you know, the homebrew format, and a lot of us really like it. It's really cool. I never really uh, seen that before. So, is
1: it just one game that you play, like one multiplayer game, mm-hmm. do two out of three, or? No, you can't really do two out of three when there's four players but so, uh,
0: sometimes the games take a long time I and mean, it's definitely a casual format it's like a you know draft build your decks play along multiplayer game yeah um, I mean the biggest difference is um, what's called the rumble rule is that for each point of life loss or damage you deal to opponents um, directly you gain that many rumble points and for every 20 rumble points you can choose a card um, from your sideboard, that is anything that's not in your main deck, and set it aside. You have to choose it when you get to the twenty. And you set it aside, and then you can cast that card without paying its mana cost. Whenever you could normally cast that card, you can even get a basic land if you need it. You know, but whenever you can normally could, X spells and, ad- and additional costs you have to pay. But um otherwise like you know, like, like you can be playing like just a really aggressive deck and you can go get a, a counter you know, a counter spell. Or this big, huge off color monster that you picked early but you didn't end up getting the deck for and you can just plop it into play or get it. It's to um it, it's to stop the turtling and reward it you know, it's to not reward the hyper defensive tactics. Like if you're not actively dealing damage to opponents, the game's gonna take a really long time. And this rewards that that idea that, you know, you should be playing games to you know, to beat your friends down and, and kill their creatures and swing and attack and go ahead and take a couple risks, you know? Because the payoff can be I- amazing. I mean, you just get a free card. You have know, back in Conflux, free Progenitus. It happened. Um, <laughs> you know, when Alara Reborn was out, Free breath of Malfagor, which, by the way, in a six-player game, auto-cued you for the next Rumble card. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah so like, like, if you wanted to do, if you wanted to make that happen, you had to fight for it. That but is then so the reward wicked. is, you know, it's great. You know, and then the thing is, is it really makes those, it makes the games go a little faster. You know, it, you know, people will still turtle and, and get defensive, especially as things get really cluttered. But if somebody can punch through, knock a player out, get a bunch of Rumble, and put themselves in a position where they're not going to get killed themselves. They'll do it. Like, why wouldn't you, you know, why wouldn't you do that if you had that option? Oh, yeah. If so, I could do that in standard, yeah. deal 20 damage to my opponent, and then I get a free card? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Isn't that just, like, Jace's second ability or something like that? Like, get free cards. The first one's undo a card. Whatever. And the third one's deal 20? Yeah, something like that. Might as well be. <laughs> um, yeah, so...
1: Um, <laughs> that's so funny. That's, like, that's like a really fun format. Next time I... I was about to say, next time I go to a regional pre-release, i wanted to do that. But there are not going to be any more regional pre-releases. I want to know how you feel about that, because it's really, obviously, stressing me out. So, <laughs> like, how do you
0: feel about the loss of the regional pre-releases, and, like, how do you feel about those in general? I mean, I... I always like the, the the larger pre releases just because it's um, you know I, I enjoy do, I enjoy doing trading and trying to track down cards for Commander. Um, by the way, cards are legal for Commander as of their pre release. That's right. So um so I you know I, I would spend time just trying to find the cards I want you know and um you know like yesterday you know like I you know I always bring a little sign to put out and I'm like you know hey these are the ones I'm looking for because I can't troll the the floors you know I, I basically sit still and play Magic against people for about twelve hours so um some two very nice guys you know took note of that or um, somebody told them and one guy came over and had a foil jin Cataxius and the other guy had a foil warren and it was oh, like so awesome sweet it's just you know like i mean they're really nice guys like i had like like you know like i had to make them take more stuff cuz they just you know they they're just like well i'm not interested in this stuff but i do, i do like these you know it's like i don't think my reservoir is exactly equal to to that you know go ahead and go ahead and look for some more please you know so <laughs> yeah it, you know um it's you, you get that um you know, I, I think that's that sometimes there's you know, there's there's the draw of of going to a big event. I mean, I think that's why Grand Prix and Star City opens are, are so exciting, is because it's like all, all these people together. And so regional pre releases are a really odd mix, um or, or at least the ones that I've been to, I should say, have been a really odd mix of yes. There's the the you know the on top of everything and on top of their game competitive players. You know, I saw Jarvis U and a bunch of the you know a bunch of really really sharp players come in and spend time beating me down um, mm-hmm. and telling and, and making a couple pointers about my deck um, before I started playing everybody else. So thanks, but. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, that, that there are just so many people are just like, you know, I come to this, you know, and like, that's what they came to is they go to a pre-release, you know, they don't have all the time to go to the card shops, you know, they don't have Friday night, you know, they work or they're, you know, they're like married and have kids and stuff, but being able to take a Saturday morning and go play in a sealed flight and, and see a couple friends and play some Magic, I mean, I, I've i lost count way long ago of the number of people who are like, oh, you know, what did you come here? Oh, I just, you know, I've I played since whenever, you know, I've always gone to pre-releases, they're great. You know, um, yeah, you know, it's not everybody. I mean, it's just, I, I just, I've just taken note of this, of this small portion and, um, you know, I really empathize with, you know, what with, with what's going to happen, you know, that it's not that they're going, you know, pre-releases aren't going away, but you know, it's, it's definitely going to be a little different when you go to a store and there's not, you know, 200 people, but there's 20, you know, or there's 40, you know, it just it has a different type of feel. Um, yeah. I mean, I literally, yeah, I think I can safely say that
1: until I started running pre-releases, I had never been to a store pre-release. Like, I never cared to. I was always like, well, I go to the regional pre-release. Why do I need to go to a store? Like, like it was only because I had to start running them. And I didn't have much use for the smaller pre-releases because I had the big one, you know? Um, now, obviously, now, like, I try to go to as many events as I can, you know, because I just want to get as many opportunities to trade as I possibly can. And right. And get the cards that I need. You know what's kind of awesome... I'm having a lot of trouble finding things I need for Legacy right now. <laughs> like I know there are things oh, I tough, need. Tough life. I yeah. know there are things I need. You know what I mean? I know there are like, like cards and stuff that I need uh, down the road. But like my two decks are built. Like, like I've been saying, like, I got my two polluted deltas from you. Yep. Um, I have a Bayou waiting for me in Orlando, and I'll be getting a Underground Sea sometime this month. Yeah. And I'm done with Team America. I'm done with Merfolk. And, like, now I'm just chilling. Like, I've got two legacy decks that I love, you know, and I'm ready to play with them. I want to make some changes to them. Those things are tiny little tweaks, you know, they're not things that, like, need, like, a severe overhaul of, like, your entire collection or, like, standard. Um, Like, every three months. uh, Break the cycle. Play legacy. It's cool because I picked up six hunted horrors this weekend for a buck each. Um, and Hunted Horror is such an awesome card. Uh it's a 7/7 seven, seven trample for two black. When it enters the battlefield, it gets two th- your opponent gets two 3/3 three, three green centaurs. I'm pretty sure they're centaurs that have protection from black. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a terrible. Terrible card. Uh but, you know, certain lovely cards like Torpor Orb, um, shut that off. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, so um, definitely considering that like alongside like the dreadnoughts. You have a really funny smile on your face, why?
0: Yeah, no no uh, okay, I thought you were about- I just remember you talking about it yeah. yeah,
1: I thought you were about to like start ragging on me about something. I was like, uh oh what's he got what's he got cooking up in his head then? I
0: mean it's just I mean it's just like, oh look, I've got this one card and Look, dreadnoughts and, and horrors, and just like I've got all these awesome creatures. Just dump everything in play. Sure. Okay.
1: Seems <laughs> fun. Seems pretty good. So, I'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> St- I mean, like, you know, you got Stifle and then you got Torpor. Because I was trying to play Dreadnought for a while uh, with Stifle and with Trickbind. Because yeah. I saw a build a Team America, and I was like, oh, I want something else, like a kind of aggressive creature. And there aren't many more aggressive creatures than a Phyrexian Dreadnought. Um, it's power one mana seems fine. Pretty, it's fairly yeah. nice. I, I hear
0: it hits pretty hard, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, um... Uh, but I just, like, every time I tried to play the deck, I literally had one or the other in my hand, and never both. So, I the, the idea lasted, like, wh- half a night of playtesting. And then I moved on from it. But, like, something, like, where you're already running the stifles, you know, in your deck, adding something like Torpor Orb, and then running, like, the Hunted Horror dreadnought package with like a tar with like tarmogoyle still in there too mm-hmm. just seems like a just seems awesome seems worth trying that's for sure so that's like kind of something i'm really looking forward to messing with uh just gotta get more torpor orbs i guess any cool stories from today i know uh i mean i guess the one cool story that i can tell of adam's day is that he dropped one match all day uh gunslinging uh, so good for him
0: <laughs> i guess yeah <laughs> is pretty rocking. Uh it clearly had to be legacy cuz, you know. Um I lost to a mono black um dark Depths deck. Oh, neat. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, you know, I um had a little trouble had a little trouble with my mana, and of course triple wasteland helps that helps that trouble out quite a bit. Um yeah. as I, you know, as I'm backpedaling and trying to recover, I just couldn't get back up to three mana. You know, I mean, I you're playing junk, right? Yeah, yeah, I played junk and um you know, I just got beaten down by um, by first striking <laughs> hex, you know, um, hex mages and and uh, and uh, the um, gatekeeper Malakir. Like when I saw that cast, I was like, "Oh wow, I've got one dude to to block this first striker. Great! Uh, oh, all right." Gatekeeper Malakir, huh? Yep. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was mono black, and um, you know, I should have I should have figured uh, I, I didn't. Um, I didn't quite see all of it coming, but I, I probably should have realized that when it was, uh, you know, first turn, um, or Tomb of Yogmoth Uh-oh. For, uh, for a top. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, just, uh, just, you know, hand sculpting there on out. He always had, uh, he always had what he needed. That's great. <laughs> That's really cool. I've actually been, I've been talking
1: to Joey about, uh. Like, just smashing a whole bunch of different good decks together. Like, you got Countertop, right? Um, and you've got the um, the Thopter Sword combo. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, talking to Joey. I'm like, yeah, I know you've got those two together now in, in Countertop. I'm like, why don't they just throw the Dark Depths Hex Mage combo in there, too? You know? Like, go for it. Just go all out. You know? Like, why not? Go Thopter Depths Countertop.
0: Well, I mean, how many more decks do you have to add, and then you can just play a... You know, a Battle of Wits deck.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes, you can. Um, we already talked about that on the podcast uh, last week, but again, big shout out to Kenny Mayer for top 32-ing with his Battle of Wits uh, deck. It's pretty impressive. The uh, story of the story of the year, I think. Uh, if more people didn't chicken out, it would have easily been the story of the year. But some of you are cowards, and some of you decided to not play Dark Depths, Dark Depths, Battle of Wits, whatever, and instead played whatever decks you didn't top 32 with, apparently. Ooh. So, uh, too bad. Oh, well. Maybe I'll play Battle of Wits. No, actually, if I play in Baltimore at the Star City Open, I have to play Merfolk, and I have to get on a feature match round one. The reason why is because I've got Tim's uh, Happy Birthday Lord of Atlantis in there. Have you seen that? No. It's it's a Lord of Atlantis from fourth edition that he found at his house randomly. And it just has happy birthday written on it real big with the permanent black marker. Um, and then we recreated it, uh, two Christmases ago with a Baneslayer angel back when Baneslayer was still 50 bucks. We wrote Merry Christmas real big on a Baneslayer angel in permanent black marker, uh, for Tim for Christmas and, and gave it to him and he was he put it straight in his deck <laughs> so awesome um, because he had been playing the the Merfolk deck when it was standard legal mm-hmm. and he had the happy birthday we just call it happy birthday we don't even call it Lord of Atlantis with happy birthday we just call it happy birthday so he had happy birthday in his deck and every time we played we'd be like happy birthday we'd get all excited <laughs> right and then eventually that deck rotated and he didn't play extended really so it kind of went away Right. Right. Um, so now, you know, so we were like, man, we got to get Tim a card." We like, so we got to bring back happy birthday. So we put Merry Christmas on a Slayer Angel. who he was playing blue white control at the time. Slapped into his deck and he was good to go. Um, <laughs> so I, when I decided to start playing legacy, I wanted to play team America, but right. then I decided to pick up Merfolk on the side because mm-hmm. I knew Tim still had the remnants of the extended deck, you know, or this when it was standard still and uh, i traded for him like traded uh him for happy birthday and he was like yeah i'll only trade it to you if you promise you put it in the deck or if you don't if you he's like don't you can't trade it he's like if uh if you if you're going to get rid of it you got to give it back to me i was like deal so i was like i'm going to get it into a feature match so that's now my goal is to get happy birthday in a feature match at uh the SCG Open in Baltimore so <laughs> my new goal um And maybe I'll actually win one, too. That would be exciting. Like, maybe I'll actually (laughs) win a match ever. So, I guess, moving forward, what's the stuff that you're most interested in, like, right now, like, from the new set? Because, I mean, you know, from, like, a commander standpoint, uh, from a cube standpoint, I think it's the first time I've ever said commander first without saying EDH and then correcting myself. Oh, my God. You've been saying it enough times. You're actually working it into my head. Nice job. Yep. So, uh, as you all should know uh adam sporsky is a very uh prominent member of the cube community uh he has a blog that is the and you should look at it and uh go to his cube template and steal it and use it if you want to make a pauper cube because i know that i would have no idea how to make one so if i ever make one i'm just gonna steal adam's uh which is fine (laughs) Because <laughs> sometimes you need someone to do the work for you, and he's willing to do the work. So, Amen, brother. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so like, what stuff for, like is that got you the most excited? Like coming up here, I mean, like oh, there are some obvious things for EDH that I could
0: think of, like things off the top of my head that I like are uh, Cage Sun. Yep, I, I mean, I was I, I was just gonna do a quick like uh, like a one two three like for Commander. Probably Cage Sun is the card I am most excited about. Um, I really love what monocolor decks can do. Um, I mean, I get, um, I guess because I play commander so much, um, I get really tired of seeing some of the same cards over and over. Cause they're really good staple cards, you know, certain artifacts, certain multicolor cards, you know, certain color combinations you see regularly. So, um, it's nice to see a monocolored deck because um, you you know you're probably going to get a little bit of variety even if it's just a goblin deck like a goblin tribal deck running you know gauntlet of power cage sun you know gauntlet of might everything that gives power to red I, I think is kind of a wacky different approach and it's a little refreshing you know um, I think sometimes it's really easy to keep the focus on what's the you know what's the most powerful thing I can do right now versus you know what would be really awesome this. Um, in terms of just the fun factor
1: and the randomness, especially in, like, a bigger group game, uh, how do you feel about Soul Conduit? What? It's a six-mana artifact, and it's six and tap, uh, two target players exchange life totals. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, that's going to completely hose some people.
1: I was thinking about using that in, a uh, in like, a poison deck, right? So you're, like, beat you down with poison, or, like, if because I, I didn't have a lot of poison in my pool, but I had a soul conduit, so I was like, well, what if I make, like, a poison, like, half poison, half not poison deck, and then start getting in there with poison, and if poison doesn't work, and they start getting me to the brink of death to switch our life totals, and then kill them with, like, the couple non-poison creatures I have. <laughs> it was, like, one of those, like, ridiculous out of, like, nowhere, like, like... Random stupid ideas that I had uh, that I thought was really funny. But, um, in terms of Commander, uh, something like, um, something like Soul Conduit could just be like a lot of fun for and maybe like a group hug deck. It's like a win condition.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I would kind of look at it as like a, like, it's not Mindslaver, obviously, because Mindslaver just does some, you know, really rude things, maybe but like if you if you like a mindslaver effect but you don't want people to like punch you in the face because you just played mindslaver try that cuz you know swapping life totals like the whole mirror universe type you know kaboom you know i, I think that that could be a lot more entertaining than i'm going to take over your turn and find a way to sacrifice all of your permanents
1: yeah that's true you know you know what i really like mindslaver with like right or against right now in i in standard are any of the creatures that have, uh, a Phyrexian mana activation cost. <laughs> so you just go, so if you have, if they're playing, like, Hex Parasite or something, like, Molten Steel Dragon, and you go, alright, Slaver, take your turn, uh, pump your guy, <laughs> you die. It's the funniest thing ever. I, although, uh, we realized that you couldn't, uh, kill someone with it outright, If they had an odd life total, they have an even life total. You can pay the last two life, but if they have an odd life total, you can only get them to one, which is kind of unfortunate, uh, especially if they have near death experience, but I guess that's another story. Um, But (laughs) I actually like the idea of putting your life total to an odd number and then using one of those guys in combination with near death experience. Yeah. (laughs) So, So you like you play yourative experience and then like end a turn it's like you take your uh whatever the unblockable guy is mm-hmm. and you just make him unblockable like nine times put yourself at one life at the end of your opponent's turn and then they pass a turn and you win yep
0: I mean the thing is is now there's also um Pristine Talisman, or whatever uh, it's an artifact and you tap and gain one life when you, you tap an out oftali mana, but you gain one life right when you do that so like you don't even need to like worry about getting to odd, because you can just manipulate your life total with that. Right. Yeah, oh, that's true. Hmm. <laughs> seems like a really dumb deck.
1: It seems like it could be really fun. Um... Hmm. Hmm. it <laughs> has got the wheels turning. You can combine it with Frexian and Unlife to make sure your opponents don't abuse
0: you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we just built a deck here on YomtG Taps. Might be one of the worst standard decks ever made, but uh it's uh Johnny's Delight. Johnny's Delight. <laughs> it's excellent. Um it goes a hip, a hop. No, but anyway, uh Sorry, I nailed that one, right? Uh, uh so anyway, uh moving on from that terrible deck idea. Uh what other cards from EDH have you excited? Um Commander.
0: I'm kind of I'm kind of excited and kind of apprehensive for the Praetors. Hmm. Um, they're I mean I, I think they they all have really cool abilities and they all feel really flavorful and they do really um, you know, really interesting kind of things. Um, but I you know, for for as much as I feel, you know, and Elish Norn are probably, you know, pretty fair and they feel you know, I feel like they're they're something you can work around. I mean if if all of your like um, for example, I play a Reese the Redeemed Token deck and I had to fight a Massacre Worm on more than one occasion this weekend, and Masker worm pretty much annihilates me. So I'm not too keen on Elish Norn. <laughs> but at the same time I'm also playing a deck where just minus two, minus two to the board wipes it, wipes mine, so you know, it's a trade off. You know, I, I'm I'm intentionally aware of that, you know, and I don't make act you know, I don't actively try to fight that right. all the time. I'm like, I'm okay, you know, taking a wrath because that's that's part of the game. You know, like I just wanna make tokens. If I kill you with them, that's the bonus, I guess.
1: i I'm the same way with my uh Battle for the Defiled EDH deck. It's like, I mean if you got the graveyard hate, I guess you're gonna stop me, but uh if you don't, you certainly will not. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of uh what it comes down to for me. It's like, are you going to shut off my graveyard? If you do, well, good for you. You know? Begin the game with a, uh... <laughs> begin the game with a Ley line of the Void in play, and you're just going to be playing against a crappy tribal deck. <laughs> you know? But, uh... <laughs> and that's fine. Uh, probably gets a little better with Cage, son. Uh, Ding! I'm looking forward to putting in there... I gotta find a foil. Uh, you and me both. Yeah...
0: <laughs> yeah you know, but as much as like that that's a, that can be entertaining or sensible you know I, i'm really i'm i'm really not ex- not as excited about um Cataxius. i mean like you know if any color needed you know another flash effect that hoses you at the end of the turn that you have very little recourse to respond to clearly blue is that color um Yeah, I I guess I should probably, you know, turn the sarcasm off. But, um, you know, the fact that he has flash is what just really, you know, what really annoys me. You know, it's like, it it isn't that, you know, you can make people discard cards or, you know, it's just, it's the one guy who, you know, and there's absolutely, there's virtually no reason to ever play Jin any other time other than somebody's end of turn. And that pantsing them, of just, they don't even get a main phase to deal with it? Come on. That's... I don't know. That's just rude. I almost
1: disagree, though. I think the best time for you to play a Jyn is um, after you connect with a uh, Sword of Feast or Famine, uh, and you have five lands out. Because then you can go tap five with the trigger on the stack, untap, tap five, play them at the end of
0: combat. It almost sounds like you're talking about a completely different format. (laughs) Still. <laughs> Still.
1: I am talking about a different format, but it seems like the best possible time to play Jin Kataxius ever, frankly, is on turn five. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, just saying. Just saying, it's probably the best time to play him <laughs> is on turn five. But you're right. Like, in in a format where you can get to 10 mana, you know, fairly legitimately, end the turn. When your opponent's turn, before they have to discard, seems to be the best place. <laughs> yeah, Um,
0: kind of hateful. Yeah, people are talking about that card in Legacy as a reanimator target. Yeah, I, you know, I, again, caveat. You know, I'm not a Legacy expert, and I don't uh, propose myself to be. But I, I feel like there are better things to reanimate, like Iona, and and other things that have a faster clock. Um, and generally, you know, in, in reanimator, if you're, if you're not killing them in one turn, you know, I mean, how fast, how fast is reanimator's clock usually? I have no idea. That's what I mean. It's like, I, you know, I feel like reanimator's clock is faster than what Jyn Kataxius would be. Right. Yeah. Poss- possibly.
1: Uh, I mean, people are just talking about it as a potential target. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people I, like to entertain those ideas when new cards come out, especially big splashy ones like that, you know.
0: No, and I love those kind of thought experiments, you know, that that what if, you know, can lead to uh let's see and that can lead to a uh, holy crap, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, and, you know it's, it's it's you know, just because the fact that most of the time, you know, or almost all the time that happens it leads to okay, well, that didn't work like we had hoped. You know, but the one time that it does work, you know, you're going to remember. Yeah. You know, and, and that's yeah, you know, that's a different kind of fun. But, you know, I, I can appreciate the that, that type, that kind of thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what other stuff? Um, that was pretty much it for uh, for Commander. I mean, and, you know, there's a new sword, you know, so you've got a new sword that has, you know, protection from red and white. And that's great. You know, pro swords are big in Commander. I, I try to get enough for my deck so I can kind of piece together and have a little rainbow cloak of power that I can suit up my guys with. You know, like, kind of like Voltron or Transformers or something else. Let's all just pile them together, and you got some guy who's holding four swords. You know, don't ask questions. He's got four. Are you really going to argue? Oh, doesn't, um, uh, isn't that, uh, what's his faces favorite, uh, one of his favorite
1: generals? Um, uh, Ken Nagel. Doesn't he have like a Godo? Is it Godo? Isn't that the guy that searches up equipment? Yeah, yeah, Godo is the guy. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, uh, he has, he has a deck like that. I think it's Ken Nagel's deck. I think I saw like a, there was a picture of, like, the guy with, like, a bunch of different equipment on it or something. I don't remember. It also... I think there was another one where he had, like, everyone's, uh... I want to know what damn deck that was. But he had, like, everyone's soul rings on his side of the battlefield. It might have actually been, um... Oh, crap. The Merfolk. The Steel's Artifacts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thada
1: Adele, Thatha Adele, yes. Yeah. And he had like a Thada Adele deck, and he just had everyone's soul rings on on the battlefield under his control, which I just think is hilarious. He's nice, a nice nice thing to steal. Yeah. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. No, but um, yeah. So and then for cube, obviously you you have a huge you have a huge list of foils that you're trying to pick up. I know a lot of those are for are for the pauper cube, right?
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's my cube. That's what I build. Um, I mean probably the probably the most exciting card, not the most exciting card, but one of the most interesting cards to come out uh, in the set is um Porcelain Legionnaire. Um, the the 3/1 first striker. Yeah, and and just so brutal. Yeah, in in yeah, I got to play with him yesterday and when he was hot, he was hot. It was great. Just like you know, have like infect players, kind of like slump in their seat a little bit, you know, until they realized if they just drew a fume spitter, he dies. You know, like fume spitter and pit thriller. I realized that a couple times. Yeah, uh, it, seems today. Like, it seems like a great way to, to have that have that dealt with. But um, the, you know, in in my Popper cube, you know, three power for three mana is pretty efficient. You know, I mean, there there aren't any really too many busted. Creatures at common, so three three power three mana is fine, and then you throw a first strike on top of it, and it's mm-hmm. just gravy. Yeah, it's just really good. It's hard to block. Um, really good on the defense. Really good on the offense. Whether it's you know aggressive deck and you cast him on turn two, um, which I talk about in uh, you know my on my blog, um, I have a whole article about that and kind of what the um, what the odds are with that and what that means. But just all around, just a very solid creature. Now, does a quarter paladin is an uncommon,
1: isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. So. And Blade of the Sixth Pride is a common, though, and I'm almost sure that you probably have that in there, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah,
0: I was not... um Blade of the Sixth Pride was in a lot of common on common cubes. Yeah. And a Quarter Pallet, obviously, was an auto-upgrade there, but I was not able to share the Merriment. Right, right. But so
1: but you still have the Blade. Um, yep. Now, does this guy replace him, or does he complement
0: him? He complements. Yeah. Um, you know, Blade of the Sixth Pride being that it doesn't have First Strike definitely goes in, like, an aggressive deck, but um, the fact that Legionnaire is... Has first strike, can put him, and he can be paid without, you know, without. Um, with colorless mana. With colorless mana, the fact that he had, that it's Phyrexian mana means that somebody like, um, you know, like the archetype that probably benefits the most from Phyrexian mana in my cube is red black aggro, just because when you're when you're throwing all the resources at the opponent and just overwhelming them with, you know, the the best cards, burn spells, you know, clearing blockers out, you only need to hit once or twice, and I mean, you hit once with Porcelain Legionnaire and the life totals are in your favor. You know, you start hitting again after that and it's, you know, it just goes downhill for your opponent from there. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, I think he's, I think he's much more flexible and interesting, um, just at the popper level. You know, when you start to look at, you know, cube, you know, constructed applications even, um, you know, like, you know, Hey, he's an artifact too. So tempered steel seems like a good pairing, um, but he's mm-hmm. white. So, you can do, um, you know, if you have some sort of Tempered the Steel, the Mono White, Honor the Pure It doesn't matter which pump spell you draw Your first striker that came down on turn 2 Just got better Yeah, And, you know, it's It's, it's fun, I like it I gotta beef with it <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got me thinking about going back to Mono White now I haven't picking up Tempered Steels here and there uh, Cause you never know I think they're lower than they'll be
0: You know what I mean, like In the long run I really want to put together like four of those with four Tide Hollow Skullers with um, four of the the um, Homunculus from. Oh yeah, Court Homunculus. Court Homunculus, and just like, wow! I've just got artifacts everywhere, and they're <laughs> all creatures, and they're all white. <laughs> like, that's awesome! Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, some of the other cards, like um, you know, like Pit Driller. You know, it, it's, oh, uh,
1: yeah, I didn't even see that card until you played it against me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? He's yeah. a, it was a 4-2, right, for four. And then when he drops down, a
0: creature gets minus one, well, minus it's, one. It's, it's a 4-2 for five, but you can pay for X mana if you That's need to. Right. Um And it um, comes into play, you put a minus one, minus one counter on something. So it's a, it's a little twist on um, Cult Brand Cinder which was the red-black hybrid at five, and it was a 3-3, and it does the same thing, comes into play, puts a minus-one, minus-one counter hmm. on something. Like so, or something like that? Yeah, and so, like, again, you know, that, that pit-thriller type effect is um, is really good at, at weakening defenses and t- clearing out, like, Porcelain Legionnaire and all the little one-toughness flyers, you know, right know, that are around.
1: <laughs> I, built, I built a seal pool today. I didn't actually play in the main event, but I built a seal pool today, and... uh just sat around getting smashed by Adam on occasion when I had free time. Uh, it was a good time, though. Uh, learned some things there. I
0: had the most ridiculous... It wasn't a ridiculous deck. Like, I had, like, 8 2-drops, 7 3-drops, a 4-drop, 2 5-drops, and Shieldred. Shieldred. Oh, my God. I saw that, too. It was And my 4-drop was Skin Render. My 5-drops were um, pith, pith Thriller and something else. I don't even remember. It was... It was just a really, really aggressive deck. I think I felt really good that last game too. I was like, "Oh, I feel like I'm coming back in here. I I feel like I'm fighting back here." And I'm and I'm stone facing with like three answers in my hand, and I'm like, "I'm sorry, Joe."
1: <laughs> <laughs> like
0: behind the new Phyrexia curtain, it's all downhill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well. I mean, I've heard. St- yeah. I mean, I you know I, I feel very fortunate. You know, I um, you know, I, I'd love to be able to attribute you know uh, playing not not losing games to, you know, my my clearly um you know, magnificent skill, but you know, I probably just played okay and I had good pulls. You know, I had a very aggressive deck and it was, you know, you had to stabilize or you lost and then I had Shield Red, which is really great for breaking stalemates when i'm making you sacrifice creatures and i'm rebuying all of my oh, really aggressive ones. God, you were just like cuz i was like like fume spitter, yeah. <laughs> fume spitter or uh Moriok replica and Volshock replica. Oh my like God. it didn't matter. I could shot, i could burn, i could bolt your face, draw cards or or kill your dudes.
1: All for like cheap. So in- oh, yeah, it's so insane. Like that <laughs> was just like, "Oh man, yeah, well, he's pretty big, but i could probably battle back from this." And you were like i gonna bring a fume spitter. I return and take all your dudes. It's like, oh yeah. And
0: picked up my cards. It's like, yep. I mean, to put it in context, I fought you know Batterskull and Nim, uh, uh, Nim Deathmantle together, and I won. I fought Shieldred and lost, and I fought as hard as I could. Like I did the same tricks, you know, re, you know, recirculated precursor Golem I just could not keep up with the uh, the sacrifice and incoming damage. You know, it's um, if you don't have something that you know, I, like I played Shieldred against a guy, and he, and he dispatched it. It's great Metalcraft. just kaboom mm. gone you know wow really 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 you know kind of blew me back but um yeah it was eot too like you didn't even have to draw it it was like oh, at the end of your turn dispatch like wow all right let me let me rethink this but um it's funny you know it's 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 uh it's one of those must answer bombs and i think it's one of the uh definitely one of the very few ones how do you feel about uh jorkadeen I think there's a lot of
1: potential there as a general with uh, Jor Kadeen. Is that the name of the card, right? The red white. Yeah, I think there's a lot of
0: potential. Yeah, the Prevailer. That. Yeah, I mean he's the he's the battle cry, Lord, you know, kind he's of beyond battle cry. Yeah, it's you know like if you wanted to say, well, I've got all these battle cry effects and I want them all in one deck. He's the guy that lets you make the the commander battle cry deck. It's true. You know, like red white tokens, like that seems like a super fun strategy to put together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, it's um. Yeah, it's it's similar to Argus Kos, you know, Wojek veteran. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, so I mean if if you're if you've been playing with with Kos and you wanna change it up, he's probably a good place to start.
1: Yeah. Looks fun. Uh I, I definitely like him. I I wonder how viable he would be as like a like in some sort of like red white like metal craft, even in standard. Like a red white metal craft with him as like a like a finisher, you know, like drop him and just kill um but i don't know i mean that's just me being super open-minded and standard which i know is the wrong play uh <laughs> yeah I, i'm not one to ask about that for sure. right no no i'm not i'm not asking for your uh insightful opinion into the uh post uh new phyrexia standard metagame but uh i believe there will be jaces i believe there will be stoneforge mystics if they don't ban them and if they don't ban them i think it'll be a mistake uh frankly I'm being dead honest like we have this thing that we say a lot on the show over and over and over and over again and it's stop bitching start brewing, right? And that's yep. you know the the whole thing with that is kind of like, you know, when you feel like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't deal with Jace or I can't afford Jace's and you know, you hear a lot of this stuff on the internet all the time. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Um and I can understand the sentiment to a degree, but like our 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 big thing is that you can always find an answer to something. You know, if you hate losing to turn one, uh, empty the Warrens for 14 goblins, you know, in legacy sideboard four mind break traps. You know what I mean? Don't put yourself in that situation. You know, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of people online on Twitter, especially, um, kind of calling our mantra into question. Um, stop pitch and start brewing. People are calling that into question because they're like, well, there is no, there is no brewing to do against, against this or whatever. And, and to a degree, I disagree with some of the statements that were made, but I really do feel like something needs to be done to standard. Like, I feel like this set's going to come out and I think it's going to be like when world wake came out. Where, like, you've got Jace, and you're like, ooh, Jace, you know, and you've got a bunch of other interesting spells, you're like, ooh, interesting spells. But then, like, people are going to be playing, like, the same 75 Jund, you know what I mean? Like, people last year were just like, cool, Jace, yeah, I'll I'll play with him in, like, seven or eight months when I'm done beating you all with Jund, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, especially with New Phyrexia coming out, everyone's like, look at all these awesome answers to Jace, look at all these awesome answers to Jace. Everyone's missing the point. Of course there are a lot of awesome answers to Jace. It's, and I've been saying this the whole time, and I don't care if anyone disagrees with me. It's called turning creatures sideways. You, you attack Jace and you deal with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they have printed a lot of good answers to Planeswalkers, and I commend them for that, because they did need answers to Planeswalkers in general. But I feel like the major problem right now with Standard going forward, starting with New Phyrexia, is going to be Stoneforge Mystic. I think that Stoneforge Mystic is... I mean, I feel like with the two swords, it was a problem. Um, people weren't noticing it as the problem cause people were too focused on Jace. Mm-hmm. These decks are going to have access to Sword of Warm Peace and Batterskull starting next week. And Sword of Warm Peace adds to the three swords and basically gives whatever creature they want to put out protection from whatever colors any deck they're playing against is. Mm hmm. Um, it's gonna necessarily it's gonna basically wipe out monocolor decks entirely. Monocolor decks are gonna be obsolete. If the cards combined with Mirren Crusader, I keep talking about this. I don't know I don't know if this is if anyone else is thinking this, but it's like turn two stoneforge mystic, switch up Sword of War and Peace. Turn three Mirren crusader, turn four, violin the sword with the with the stoneforge, equip it, Swing if your opponent has six cards in hand, your and Crusader has protection from every color but blue, and it deals 20 damage. <laughs> like, or being able to search up a 4-4 of the Vigilance Lifelink, and then bouncing it in response to removal. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no problem with these cards on their own. But I feel like having a tutor to search them up at will, and, and just do whatever it is, and then play the Batter Skull for two mana the following turn... On turn three? It just feels like it just needs to be banned. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, they have a history of banning tutors first. You know, they'll ban a tutor before they'll ban anything else in most formats. We look at Survival. We look at Mystical Tutor as the two last bannings in, leg- in Legacy.
0: hmm
1: You know, and you think about you have a tutor that's in terms of power level, is almost on par with those two in standard. You know, in terms of just the immediate effect on the board, and, um, is the immediate damage that it's going to do. And I hate to, like, sound like one of the peanut gallery going off about standard sucks and it needs to change, but, uh, standard, standard sucks and it, and it needs, needs to, to change. change. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. And, like, I really have no interest in playing standard, um, right now while, uh, while Stoneforge Mystic isn't banned frankly um, it her- It helps a lot that I have Legacy to turn to at this time you know, it helps a whole lot that I can just be like, well I love Legacy anyway and that's what I feel like playing so that's what I'm going to play at least until October everyone's argument is oh well if they ban Stoneforge Mystic then the then the, the Valakatex would be the best deck or or if they ban Jace, the Valakatex would be the best deck no it won't <laughs> Because I think then you would actually have room for the format to grow, and yeah, uh, that's a good deck. Sure, Um Valica's a very powerful deck. Do you have anything you want to add?
0: You know, I don't. I don't know. I, I definitely am not in a position to to say whether standard's good or not. Sure. You know, I, I think that. Yeah, you know, I think that um, hopeful optimism and um, a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of thinking uh, over the past week or so um, will help make. Uh, will help make standard look a little different down in orlando it's really really easy to go This deck's good let me make a couple changes you know it's it's a very different um it's a very different ball game to take a whole pool of cards and go all right what can what can be done right you know it's a lot of information to go through i mean i don't know all the new cards you know and i've been looking at them uh you know since the you know the card image gallery went up you know on the wizard site so you know, it's, you know, it's a tricky thing. I mean, to say, you know, nothing's going to change or that this one interaction that you see right now is clearly the the only good interaction, I think, does a disservice to the idea of what are the answers to that? You know, I mean, at what point do, do red decks that run Oxidus Melter and uh, Manic Vandal in the main just become the norm? You know, when you just blow up every artifact. You know, it's really easy just to turn to something that's known um, rather than taking a really hard, long look at at what you don't know. And diving in there. You know, and I think that, that somewhere in between is probably the correct answer. You know, let's let's look at the things that we don't know and see how that fits into what we do.
1: Well, thank God we still have people like Conley Woods around. Because, yep. you know, because <laughs> somebody needs to be pushing the envelope, you know. And like, I mean, I can understand why people do the things they do or fall into the patterns that they do. But um, it's not very exciting to watch. <laughs> And it's my job to 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 comment on exciting matches of magic, and I want to be able to do that uh, this weekend in Orlando.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, there's two things. Like, you know, like I, I definitely have habits when it comes to deck building and gaming, and and I really struggled to try to bring a different view or a different approach, or you know, um, share different share different ideas. Because if it was just all my ideas, I'd be the only one that likes them. You know, I mean, you know, nobody nobody has every idea um, for everyone at all times, so. You know, I I think that that when you're looking, you know, if you want to talk about standard environment, you know, like last week, you know, and there's a lot of mirror matches going on, a lot of results from national qualifiers confirming that a handful of decks are definitely the very best, um, you know, that the the excitement doesn't then come from just, you know, what's new. It it also can come from, you know, of what's known, who's doing what differently, you know, and, and that you can examine what's going on a little deeper. You know, but that's a very you know, it's 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 pushing that to an extreme. You know, I don't I don't necessarily you know I, I don't necessarily agree that the only thing that's exciting out there is new. I think that that understanding something more can be just as exciting. It's just a different type of excitement. Sure, I, I definitely appreciate that. I mean, that's
1: you know something I've like kind of lost my way in learning to, or, you know, knowing to appreciate. But uh, hopefully that'll change. We'll see. Um I'm definitely uh getting tired I definitely want to crawl off my soapbox right now and uh crawl you, into been my there a while and crawl into my bed uh, <laughs> but it's been fun hanging out um, all weekend really We've yep. hung out all freaking weekend it's been a blast um so just real quick uh, upcoming events the only one I can think of off the top of my head is uh, this weekend in Orlando because that's what I'm gonna be at. Uh, so uh, if you're in uh, Orlando, come by and see us. We'll be in the booth all weekend, me and Joey. Uh, not Adam, although that would be fun. Uh, you, <laughs> g- you got to get up in the booth at some point.
0: If you ever put a four-player Commander game up on SCG uh, Live, I think I could probably do a little comedy.
1: Well, you know what? Gigi's live uh, broadcast this weekend, right? Rashad gunslinging at his, uh, I think at his regional pre-release or something. Oh, that's He nuts. broadcasted him gunslinging all weekend or all day on Saturday. If I ah, oh,
0: that makes a lot of sense now
1: because I could I could have actually been streaming that on Saturday. So anyway, uh, come by and see us, and we have life pads um, with the lovely OMTG Taps logo on them uh, that we will give you if you come by and see us personally. <laughs> We're out of tokens. We have no more tokens. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, you can tell I'm getting delirious at this point. So now would probably be a good time for us to sign off. Uh, so uh, for for all of us here at YMTG Taps, by all of us I mean me and Joey, but uh, me me and Adam are here today. Uh, it's a really <laughs> awkward ending. That's all the time we have for this week. We are Yo! MTG Taps. Stop bitching. Start brewing. Oh!